This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Today's show is sponsored by Hymns. If you're a man, Hims is your one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness. Get a trial month of Hims for only $5 when you go to 4 slash badchristian. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Three, two, one. <laughs> Hit it, Joey. Nice and chill. It's the bad, bad Christian podcast. It's the bad, the bad Christian podcast. Right, take it up. It's the bad Christian podcast. There you go. There we go. My God. You have to have just a little bit of obnoxiousness just to let people know because, you know, you. if this annoys you, then you get on out of here. We, yeah, get on the hell out of here. Get on out of here if that kind of Get stuff. the fuck out! <laughs> um, I've got something else. Yeah, hey, Toby, you haven't broken that rule in a long time. I want to wait a second. I want to congratulate okay, you. Hold on, let's wait a second. Yeah, wait a second. I want to congratulate you for not breaking that rule for a very long time. You were on a roll, I would say, at least two months not saying wow. the F word within the first two minutes. So, Matt, I want to hear you say thank you to Toby. That seems kind of now, Matt. Now it seems just kind of thank you. Like, is that too much? Little to bitch. Thank you when he's violating the rule. It seems like just bad conditioning. Like, yeah, but that you can't, we all have I to was face hanging it, out though. with my brother. So it's not an official week. rule. I'm sorry, I shouldn't okay. say what I say. It's not <laughs> the an things official I say rule, aren't man. right. Everybody knows that the things I say aren't right. I just except, say them, except when you said you deserve hell more than anybody else. I do deserve. That's true. I do deserve hell more than any human. But that was the one time I was right. Okay. Everything else I say is wrong. You shouldn't say it. You shouldn't do it. It is awful. I'll do something I shouldn't do right now, but I like okay. to just play around with the boundaries of reality. You remember a long time that. ago when I told a story on the podcast, and this is to challenge the fact that I know my wife doesn't listen to the podcast. I told the story yeah. about how Georgia <laughs> cracked the screen on her iPad and I got it replaced. Yeah, and yet it still wasn't working, and she thought that Georgia had no. Yeah, she thought Georgia had messed up the home button, but it was me who had broken the screen and got it replaced, and I never told her. Well, somebody eventually leaked that to her, so I'm going to do another oh, one God. of those right now. I'll <laughs> disclose a personal failure of mine on the podcast, okay. and we'll see. Does it get back to my wife? <laughs> Either through her right. listening, which she yeah. doesn't, or I don't believe she does, but who knows? Right? Or. Yeah. Somebody will rat me out, and then we'll all, you know, you, whoever you are, you, you're a rat. I'm telling you in advance, whoever that, whoever that person is, little rat, you will make yourself known as a rat. Anyway, little rat. If y'all know, I built an office for Bridget in the backyard. Um, right. And one of the features of this office, which I've just really enjoyed the project, laying it out and doing it, doing it really well. Yeah. It has a TV alcove built into it so i already pre-planned a, t- a tv measured the dimensions and then sunk a box in the wall where the tv was going to go in the office that was yeah. going to be mounted 
and you know recessed in there. So very nice feature. Got a little mantle under everything. So I got the TV. Got a new Samsung. I believe it was four or five hundred dollars. Four K TV. Nice TV. And was just you know the whole project's done. Now I'm just doing the trim work and mounting the TV stuff like that the other day. So I'm mounting it. I get the TV up there. I get the things on, but it doesn't quite fit right. And just as you would expect to see in a fail video, I dropped the TV. <laughs> oh, no <laughs> way. I dropped Dang. that sucker right <laughs> off of the wall all the way to the ground. I tried Ooh. to catch it. I didn't catch it. And the <sighs> TV that she had picked out, brought home, and was coming back in another hour to see it installed. You know, I, br- I broke it. <laughs> oh, God. The screen didn't so crack, you- though. I was like, oh, shit, it's broken. The screen yeah. didn't crack, but the the whole casing and perimeter of the thing just like fell apart. Like I could see, yeah, yeah. I could look at the screen crawl like from the left side and see the screen. And it's this this a millimeter thin. And I could look at the profile of the screen because the whole perim- border, but black right, border right. busted off. Right. And the screen didn't break, but I really carefully reattached a lot of it. A lot of it was cracked, and I took electrical tape and did the seams of it really carefully <laughs> and nicely so you can't see all the cracks in it. And it didn't get all the way back on. It's kind of bowed in one spot. And then I'm building a wood frame around the TV and putting a backlight behind it. And she hasn't noticed yet that I <laughs> broke the new TV yeah. 10 minutes after I got it home. <laughs> after I built this Gosh. whole structure, I can't even mount the TV. I'd smash it. She would be so mad if she knew that TV. you know, Because I, I was thinking, should I just tell her? Should I just take it back? But I'm going to play it out. I'm going to play it off, and I'm going to see if it never matters or if it ever does matter. <laughs> so this is an experiment matters. out into the world right now. Anyway. Toby, do you, have, do you ever ever say things on this podcast, and you're thinking, oh, Jessica wouldn't like that. Eh, doesn't matter. She's not going to hear it anyway. Do you ever have that train of thought? Yeah, all the time. Like She, does, <laughs> like every, it, she doesn't uh, – does Priscilla listen? She, I would say Priscilla probably listens to 25% of all the content. Yeah, that's so probably about much. the same as Jess. Jess will, yeah. it's really funny. I won't, a month will go by and nothing. And then out of nowhere, Jess will mention something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just casually mention, oh, this, this, and this, uh, something we were talking about or whatever. Like that, that same thing. Like she'll go, I heard Matt uh, drop the TV. Mm-hmm. Man, uh, you know, or something like that. Like I'll go, oh, so she was listening. But yeah. she doesn't really listen, which is I, I don't blame her. I mean, I, I guess like I mean, she yeah. hears me live all the time, and but it does make me question: Does she think it's not entertaining, or doesn't actually <laughs> like, like it, or really, is it yeah. because it's me? Like, if I wasn't on the podcast, would she love it? Like, if it yeah. was the exact same thing, but but just not Toby. Well, I mean, you don't listen to all the pastor with no answers, do you? That's not because no, you're anything. exactly right. Doesn't mean I don't listen to all the break it down. What I don't do y'all listen to Song Rescue? So, uh, what? Is, Reva's never heard an. Uh, Reva told me on the last tour she's never heard an episode of Unstoppable Badass or Song Rescue. You but that's okay. I li- badass, I've never man. listened to one word Reva said. I can't hear it. So I don't blame Reva for Stay that. Back. Y'all know uh, with the I saw something interesting come up like that. I used to question. You know, is the Me Too movement ever going to have adverse effects? And it's 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 crazy because. You can't really come out and you say... You used to question two weeks ago. Hadn't <laughs> been that long. How long yeah, have you been right, You're right. Well, well, the thing is, it's like it's one of those weird conversations where you can't necessarily say, oh, but how does this affect males negative, 
honestly, because we, you can't say that without sounding like an asshole. And uh, and obviously, I don't think that's where the emphasis should be. Obviously, it should be on on females and them being respected and them having you know equality in the workplace and not having to feel uncomfortable and all that stuff. But anyway, so I, I don't know how many of our listeners have heard, but Bill Hybels, he I is, think it's also about you know not sexually assaulting them. I thought that's what I just said. Well, if you I said left that, that out, equality in the workplace and being I, uncomfortable. I said but, yeah. felt safe. Right. So with uh, there, Bill Hybels, he's arguably is the first mega church pastor ever. Mm-hmm. Willow Creek Church. Uh, I think it's in like Chica- Illinois. No, it's yeah, not Chicago, Chicago, Illinois, somewhere, somewhere in Illinois. Rockford, Illinois. But anyway, highly, highly respected. I mean, this guy, he's he's probably, when Billy Graham died, he's probably top of the list of one of the most respected evangelicals. Well, some allegations came out that he is denying, and I was reading closely, so the allegations ha- has to do with mistreatment of, of women at the workplace, and I was reading about it, and honestly, it does just sound kind of like, oh, that sounds, uh, if, if all of it is perfectly accurate, yeah, it's bad, but listen to how the wording is, invitations to hotel room, Suggestive elongated, comments, elongated hugs, suggestive hugs, comments, yeah. and I think one unwanted kiss. So invitations only, to a hotel room. Yeah, yeah. So the only thing that sounds fishy about uh, like everything that they named, you could say, okay, too long of hugs. Well, well, well hold on, a, wait. One, there was one more where a woman said that she had an affair with him, but then, but when, she backed off. Yeah, she said it wasn't true when the the lady pressed her. She told a, a confidant. And that confidant said, we got to tell everybody. And she said, oh, I just made it up. Okay, no, so sure. yeah, but that's yeah. because she said, I don't want to go public with this. If you right, go public, I'll right. deny it. Not that it didn't yeah, happen. She, right. No, yeah. So, yeah, but I, she did I, deny it in public, though. She yeah, denied it in public. Right. But, I mean, she did deny it, so you can't totally just go, oh, well, it's 100% true. Right, but, and so I, I don't um, have I, – I, I'm not buddies with Bill Hybels, never met the guy, have no reason to defend him. But let's just face it, there's some people that don't like hugs. So there's a very good chance that someone that worked at the church said, oh, I he kind of hugged me a little too long. Um, there's a very good chance that he he kissed someone on their forehead, and they said, I didn't ask for that kiss. That's bullshit. True. There's a very good chance that he, uh, like, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a mistake that I made one time. I uh, Before I got an app where you could uh, send more than 10 texts at a time, uh, I would, you know, i try to, like, get some community together. And so I sent out, like, uh, to 10 people at a time, and one time I said, hey, Priscilla was out of town, and I said, me and the boys are heading to a Mexican restaurant. Uh, anyone want to join? And I just randomly was hitting all my friends. Well, one of them happened to be my admin and three of her buddies, all females. Now, they knew me, but they got back with me and said, hey, you know that that they were all girls on that text message, and so some of the girls on here that don't know you as well – May come and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that." Well, that easily could be an allegation that I'm inviting people, a bunch of women, f- flirtatiously to a restaurant. Okay, so hang on. You think that his you, hotel, you his think, hotel invitations? What does that mean? Wait, I'm <laughs> just mean, saying. You think that what you have done and what Bill Hybels has done is the same? I'm just, I'm is just that saying that I haven't, I haven't heard any home runs against Bill Hybels. That's just a, like maybe well, a base hit though. That, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe I definitely think it's going to come out that he. Well, I don't, I don't know that that. I'm just reading a A list from an article. Toby's looking at the same. 
Toby's yeah, looking it, at the it, same thing. It sounds fishy to me. Inviting people to a restaurant in public oh. is not the same as, hey, why don't we with go your, back and have a drink in my kids. hotel room? I mean, and, and he even prescribed to the Billy Graham rule of don't hang out with females by yourself. That but was what, one of his rules. And then. No, no, no. But what did, I'm saying is, what I'm saying I mean, is, can't there be an explanation as far as an invite to a hotel room? Like, what if, what if he. Yes, there can, can be easily, an explanation. Yes. You can easily send a text to 10 people, but if you don't have it on group settings, it, it looks like it was sent from right, that, that individual. The, that easily. Okay, okay but how about this? Let me, let me just put it in this context. If I told. If. Matt told you, hey, when we were on this last Matt and Toby tour, uh, we got a hotel room and Toby uh, was hanging out and invited a lady back to the hotel room. It would, it would make you a little suspicious, at least. Sure, right? I like am you, you would go, wait. Uh, I mean, especially if, if you knew I never really did stuff like that, like that. And that's what Bill Heibel said. He didn't hang out with women by himself. That was his personal rule or whatever, whether you right. agree with that part or not even. But I mean... It, no, to I me, am suspicious. It, it seems shady just, to me. It does. Well, let's like, let's get in the I, middle just, of some I, of this though. Like you don't. Okay, so Joey sounds like he's defending Bill Hybels here from something like a charge of rape, yeah, or something like as if right. we're saying is he guilty of of a being a sexual assaulter that rapes people? And, and if, if you're saying, saying well, see, none of this that, sounds no. like that to me. Well, then it sounds no. like you're defending him. If you're saying is this in any way? stuff that is not okay for really anybody or especially a pastor or especially a prominent pastor that makes absolutely no sense versus he denies it all. So either there's a big difference in denying it and saying, no, no, all that happened, but it's not bad. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So you didn't, there's nothing you're denying and there's people, real people that are his friends, church members, and real people that are like, haven't have been working for a long time, working together in what could only be very difficult and uncomfortable to try to go through this process, to talk to this person that said this says they had the affair, to try to get them to go public, to try to go to the elder board, to try to get people to hear these allegations so that they can be investigated. Yeah. This is all happening. So you'd have yeah. to explain that somehow. Other than, well, there's just a bunch of people that want to take him down. Well, that does not well, sound not like the nature that. of these people. I'm not saying that. If there was people I, high I, up I, in right, your right. church who had a bunch of stuff about Joey, we don't know what's true, we don't know what's not, in no case is he going to jail, we've got issues to really sort out here. It's not like, well, it doesn't sound like anything to me. I'm just I'm just surprised that with with the allegations, there's not something... That's a a look like that you you can't take it any other way. And I'm I, the only thing. Yeah, I'm not defending him. I am suspicious. I won't be surprised if he's been up to some shenanigans. All I'm saying is being invited to a hotel room that could completely be a misunderstanding. But I I totally get what you're saying. If he's denying it all and he's not saying, look look look, I know what they're talking about as far as the hotel invitation. Here's what happened. I get it, and, and I'll tell you what I'm sick and tired. of. Well, I mean, of, you though. just have to you have to really get at the motive of pe- of who are these people accusing them. They sound like yeah. very credible people, not just like it's one thing for somebody to say something about a senator in their district when they or something like that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about personal acquaintances. And, and, and let's read the let's cursed, let's read the know. most damage the most damaging allegation is a a lady there named her last name is, is Ortberg. Uh, Mulatto was her last name. Leanne Mulatto, I think, said, learned of an alleged relationship that had lasted more than a decade. And at first, she supported this friend and talked through what had happened. But then Leanne uh, felt the need to 
tell the elders at Willow Creek what she had learned. The person that came to her, the lady that came to her, bought afraid that the revelations might harm the church, and she said she'd deny having a relationship with Bill Hybels if the elders asked. She said, I hope you understand, but if it comes to forcing me, I will be silent. I feel I should not have trusted you, Leanne. Willow Creek uh, says that when elders interviewed the woman, she apologized forthrightly for making a false statement and wrote a full retraction. She said she was very angry at Willow Creek and at the time, and Willow uh, also said that the woman apologized personally to Lynn Hybels, his wife, for lying. Now, here's the deal with that. The lady could be lying yep. and could be defamation and saying bad stuff about this guy, made it up because she was mad or whatever, right? And so now she might be telling the truth, and she did say she didn't do this, right? At the same time, how about this? Uh, what's her name? Is Stormy? Is it Stormy Daniels? Mm-hmm. Was, uh, the the porn star that slept with uh, Trump, mm-hmm. Donald Trump. She's she's went on sixty minutes and is facing possible litigation and maybe has to pay a million dollars for coming out and saying these stories or whatever. But for a while, she did you know didn't say anything or whatever. So the thing is, you you kind of have to take this a little bit credibly. And I think there's probably something here. It's not just one thing or one one person. There's several people that say, hey, a little something's weird here. And if somebody came up to me and goes, you don't know how to give hugs. This is a real hug. That makes me feel weird. It yeah. does make me feel weird. And is he that, should is know that what happened? Better. One, one of the people said that, yeah. yeah. Said he was a creep. Said you don't no, know how to give hugs. I'd say this is yeah. a perfect I'd say it's a perfect example of me not thinking all of this through enough nor reading enough. I mean, I, I I'm I'm with you guys. Um, I mean, think about no, it this way. Uh, no, try, but hold on. This. But that's what we're saying. You're, you're not defending him. You're, yeah. I, I agree with you. This all sounds shady. I don't know. It's, it, it's trying to make this Christian Lee guy seem really bad. And, you know, at the, on the other side, there's people going to defend him and say, no, he's not bad at all. The truth lies in the middle. He probably made some mistakes. And, but I don't, I don't think that, like Matt said, he's not a rapist or a terrorist. I hope not. Dear God, I hope he's it nothing doesn't like seem that. that way, no, but, but that's, but it, it's exactly what is wrong with the church. This is what is really, really horrific to me and is the number one thing. I had this post written on Facebook, and I was going to post it, and I just I deleted it. But one of the, if not the, main things that makes me doubt God is the private lives of pastors. <laughs> the private lives of pastors, because I know my private life, and they're human too, and they cannot, he cannot risk now his public life being affected by his private life. So if this is true... He might lie and do the sinful, terrible thing to make sure the church stays okay. Oh yeah, well that's the the, stuff, all this yeah. stuff. That, I mean, that's what makes well, me feel. That's what they have in the Catholic Church. Yeah, if, if it, and it is just allegations. Nothing has been proven true. He Did might you know be. He, he received a standing ovation after insisting sexual misconduct claims are flat out lies at his church right. packed out house. He received a standing ovation. So these. I mean, but he might be telling I, the truth. But sure. still, even with that, you're like, I don't know. I, what this I'm is. telling it's you like, though, what uh, this is just what is these evil be, women and these evil people? He's not evil, or it makes this mistakes. Is just, this is just going to be so so disturbing. Honestly, with this this highly of a respected person, and that's everybody's yeah. fault for putting him there. But for him to flat out deny, I mean, this is oh, like the Christians that thought. Bill Clinton was so disgusting for, oh, he lied on oath. Not only did he do this stuff with women, he lied on oath. I mean, you got to put this guy in the same category, but I'm not willing to go there until, you know, things are. But here's what makes me so frustrated and borderline sick to my stomach is I just want Christians 
to read their Bibles and to recognize what a, a sinful nature is. Why are we surprised that Bill Hybels has a sinful nature, and why are we surprised that it gets out of hand when he sets himself with your cooperation to be someone that's not accountable. Now, I think it's his fault for not having better accountability, but it's also the people's fault. And here's, here's the, the, the number one telling story of why there's such a problem is we are so surprised. Not Bill Hybels, not right. the guy that wrote Courageous Leadership, not the guy that revolutionized church. What, what not have a... Uh, sinful nature like that's what we're surprised yeah. like uh, no way he could do- it's just insane man and i know we're, we'll probably talk about this too but give me a freaking break when uh, i was so jaded on our campus pastor phone call i actually had to <laughs> apologize to the rest of the campus pastors and i said why don't we pray for these two guys too because i i was i just said oh yeah by the way if anybody wants to you know, teach a series on relationships and dating. Perry Noble, the guy who couldn't even keep his marriage together, has a a podcast on that stuff. Go check it. I mean, it's oh, just God, like, Joey. oh, I was just so jaded. <laughs> you were very jaded. He does. Perry Noble has a dating and relationship podcast, but I mean, his and he's divorced, right? Or he getting may divorced be. He here's how jaded but, I am. He may be a comic genius. Like he may just, be, he may be so bright and brilliant that he's just like, I, I, this is going to be funny. Like well, he here's may be crazy, trying to but, overtake but maybe, John Christ. He wants well, to be oh, the yeah, funny guy. How about this though? Is there? I mean, if from the beginning pastors could be honest, you might actually go, wait a minute. Perry Noble knows a lot about dating For and sure. what not to do. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like what not to do. Perry Noble has a shitload of knowledge on that stuff. <laughs> he screwed up here and this and that. I mean, he knows a ton about that. We're going to but new because co- the way every- called do the opposite. <laughs> but because everything is so crafted and curated and what they say is so planned, it makes you feel weird and creepy. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'll be I, I, and it's not just pastors either. It's all the things that we're watching. I like I that man, I hope this doesn't Make me sound like just a terrible person. It will. I'm, Go ahead. I, I, we talked a little bit about it, but I'm getting more and more weirded out by these teens. Um, exactly. And Thank the, you. The, the Parkland thing, like, it is really weirding me out. Knock the, it off. The way it's been crafted and put up, it's not and fair. they're being manipulated and used, and, and people died, and now these other teens who were their friends are being used for some hmm. agenda, and it, it really weirds me out. And I'm can not you, even talking about you, them as bad what, as what people. That's about? I don't even know what you're talking about. You know, just how like we the, said the, before, the Parkland kids, I, I, whatever it is, I, you did you hear? I guess it was me and Toby when we did an episode on on tour. That's what it was. You missed it, yeah. but I did a, a long bit there on both how I think the Olympics are exploitive to young people, and especially these, you know, these teenagers being having to be these political activists. Yeah. you know, national spotlight is just not good. It's just dangerous. You know what I'm talking about the the survivors of the Parkland shooting are famous. Yeah. They have a million Twitter yeah. followers, and they're you know they're anti-gun. I have no yeah. judgment against that, those political stances, or even children, or young people, whatever you call them, teenagers, being politically active and having stances and doing stuff. That's all good, and of course they're welcome to have social media and stuff like that. But it's just not. It's just really unfair to put them in the position of being that important and the amount of hate that they're going to get and the, 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 the context of 2018 and what it means to be an activist and what, that, what you're going to face. I don't think that should be put on a kid at all. I just think it's 
it's, it's terrible. And I, I just, I just, if, if we put pastors in that position, what we've been complaining about for years and politicians, we know it's horrible for them. They turn out to be bad. Yeah. It hurts yeah. them. It, you can't, you can't do it to children. Yeah. Like the same thing we're complaining about with adult, with pastors that you're putting them in an impossible situation. The whole church, the whole ministry, people not going to hell. This is all on your shoulders to lead this church and have the vision and keep your marriage together and don't give somebody a hug too long. I mean, good gosh, that they're gonna do. It's just that's too much. Of course, they're mentally yeah, ill. Of course, they're depressed. Of course, they fail. And don't do it to children. We know politicians right. get screwed up. We know that these people that are have ends justify the means, and they're about a cause. That is not. That is just not okay. I mean, it's just it's just bad. And now, of course, yeah. we see all this. You know, take your children to a rally and get them to hold a sign. Don't right. do. Don't do that. Don't do it. Yeah. So uh, I don't care what the cause uh, is. Uh, uh, yeah, so as far as these pastors are concerned, please, like, can we please knock out, knock off this, be above reproach stuff? Like, let's just, like, that's the starting point. That is, that is the line that we cross, and all hell breaks loose is we have to have a higher standard of behavior because we're leading other people. And I, mm-hmm. and I just that's say right. bullshit and bullshit. And bullshit and bullshit because that is basically saying that we have more power than others. Now, do I think that people at a pastoral uh, profession, whatever you want to call it, could have a gift of leading people? Sure, but please lead people mm-hmm. by being open and honest and not being secretive and not having this super private life where you're represented by a publicist for crying out loud. I mean, when we had All our right. first re- our first interview. With with Perry Noble, right when the thing wrapped up, a publicist got in touch with us and said, "We're not airing the interview." I mean, what 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 does that even mean? It's just it's just too much for one person. And a, a public personality, yeah, it's yeah. just it's, it's especially to children. It makes no and, sense. And, yeah, and and the the church has an over infatuation with celebrity culture. The world does. The world does too. Platform, yeah, right. Sure, there is sure, no not, separation. That's what's sure. Weird. Sure, normal, but it, as as the church, let's not mask it behind. No, I just want a platform to reach more people. No, right. I mean, no, 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 no. no. You I'm, want I'm, to be famous. I, I'm I'm trying to figure out how to influence you want people, to have power. And, I, and I can even understand how you can make that can that, that confusing uh, sort of remark. But I just wish we could all. I mean, I I have a problem with wanting to have more exposure. I mean, I have a problem with wanting to have more money. I I mean, it's just like. Can we just all admit that? But it, it's just yeah. it's just driving me crazy. Well, that's I mean, the thing with, with the, the problem with pastors is the church wants them to be that. They want right. them to be the superhero, the good guy, the hero, uh, doing everything right and all that stuff. And right. then there's it's nowhere to go. The same way with those kids, the teenagers. There's nowhere to go. Once you get a little bit of power, once you get a little taste of fame or money or whatever, it is so hard to relinquish that mm-hmm. and it not be just as much a part of your identity as the cause that you say you care about. And right? let me it's say so it as in not a joke. Of course, there's an obvious joke here that the teenagers are idiots. Don't you remember your teenager? Teenagers are stupid. Duh, duh. I hope you listen to them. That's obvious. I'm not making that point. But let me sincerely say that it is com- completely a burden to, to talk about children as if they are these geniuses that have it figured out and to project on them more than they are yet or can right. be or can really choose to be soberly. That is not fair. 
it is not fair to explain to the world how these the specifically these three or four people are the hope of the world. That please don't do that to my kid ever. I will kill you if yeah. you do that to my kid. If you tell it tell it specifically that it's the hope of the world. Now either these are remarkable individuals or all teenagers are this brilliant or what we know this is nonsense we know this is celebrity worship and the fact that they're young is the fetish fetish part of it it's like see you know it's just it's it's like right it's a fetish it's like a new thing to say this exciting that oh this pastor's blameless this chill these kids who who's brilliant who's blameless who's what what is that? I mean, is just you want to believe that bad in a hero and a savior that you'll just put it on somebody? That's it's a sickness. Yeah, it's awful. That's yeah. why I'm excited. You know what? Other, also, a lot of it's within us men, and so that's why I'm glad to hear and listen to this uh, upcoming interview you guys did with Alice Connor about women and the Bible. I think it's going to be very enlightening. Just because it's not a coincidence that we, when we talk about pastors and megachurch pastors, they're men. So it'll be interesting to hear her perspective on that. And also just, you know, how big of a role women played in the Bible. It's, it's going to be very cool. So we'll bring on Alice Connor, and this is going to be fun. All right, guys, I'm excited to talk to you guys about Indochino. I'm looking out my window right now, the summer is fastly approaching, and that means it's wedding season for me. I, I officiate weddings. And I am way more prepared this year than I've ever been because, honestly, I have an Indochino suit. That may sound silly, may, may sound like a sales pitch, but here's why. When I got my Indochino suit, I went online and I went through all their little videos to do my measurements. And it was very easy, simple. I hit submit. Next thing you know, I get a suit that arrives to my door that is basically made for me. Now, it's just common sense that that's got to be better than a generic off-the-rack suit. So that's what Indochino does is they sell suits that are made exactly for you. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure men's wear company and has been featured in major publications, including GQ, Forbes, and Fast Company. It works pretty simple. Like I said, you go to Indochino.com, you pick your fabric, you do some customizations, you submit your measurements, and then you wait for it to arrive in just a few weeks. Now, the craziest part about all this is that our listeners get any premium Indochino suit for $379. When I got my first suit at a men's store that was not made specifically for me, it's about $700. So you guys can get any premium Indochino suit for $379 at Indochino.com when entering Bad Christian at checkout. That's 50% off the regular price for a made-to-measure premium suit, and the shipping is free. Let's go to Indochino.com, use promo code BADCHRISTIAN for any premium suit for just $379 free shipping. Incredible deal for a suit that will fit you better than anything off the rack ever could. We have Alice Connor joining the show, and I'm just going to roll some of this trailer from YouTube to give you all an introduction, and then we'll we'll get to talking. JL drove a tent peg through her enemy's skull. Herodias used her only currency, her body, to gain political power. Bathsheba was raped and then married off to her rapist, the king. I worry that my daughter will grow up thinking these kinds of things are okay. For someone to take what they want from her, or for her to take what she wants from them. I worry she'll grow up never having heard about all the fierce women in her life and in the Bible. Because we don't value the whole story a woman has to offer, 
Because women have a hard time telling our own stories and laying claim to what we've learned about relationships and God. Because we don't read or talk about women in the Bible much in church, and the Bible itself tends to gloss right over them anyway. Now, more than ever, we need these stories. We need to stand up and not be afraid. For thousands of years, we've heard only partial truths about women in the Bible. There's so much more. All right. Well, so Alice, <laughs> new book out called yes. Fierce. And it's uh, been out it's been out for a year now. It's been out since February. It has. Yeah. And Matt, Matt, can I say something real quick before we start? I is, guess you can. Uh, Go ahead. Okay. It, this is uh this is a Christian podcast, so I'm looking forward to this conversation, but please don't start to teach us because we all know what the Bible says about women teaching men. So yeah, we just... have to be careful. <laughs> we have to be careful not to actually learn. Well, from I better here. shut up now. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think this is uh, so interesting. I, I was reading. Uh, an article of, I think Toby sent it to us, the, the third guy that's not here, of a critic that just ripped this book apart. Oh, no. <laughs> and I think that it really, I think it really goes back to, it's the difference that people approach God's word as. It's it's like, you know, if, if you're going to read Paul's instructions to the church and take it as like universal instructions for all days, for all people, well, then obviously some of the stuff that you're saying is going to frustrate people. But I just, golly, it, it just seems really apparent. I've, I've been reading a lot of Pete Inns. It just, it just really seems pretty apparent that we need to be reading the Bible differently. So voices like you are super important. Um, so, okay, I just gave my little spiel. Matt, go ahead. Well, I just was curious how you got <laughs> interested in this topic specifically and how long you've been you know, thinking this way about women in the Bible and them being overlooked and, and that kind of thing. <laughs> um, you know, it seems very uh, in the moment now. Like it's, it seems very obvious with all yeah. this stuff going on in feminism <laughs> and the women's movement. And I'm just curious yeah, how long you've been. Now. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I'm just curious how you got clued into this in the first place yeah. in order to become a, a well, writer. Um, oh, well, first thing, I'll apologize. I'm sitting uh, sort of in my office, and the, my office is right on the road, and there's a fire truck just went by. You might no have just problem. heard that. Uh, <laughs> this is real life here. Um, I mean, I've been interested in this stuff forever, really. Um, I, I think I said in the introduction um, that one of the things that I got frustrated about growing up was that I loved these stories, like all of them, really, right? And, and, um, it got really frustrating to me that we wouldn't read them in church uh, or we wouldn't read very many of them. Um, and to be fair, my dad's uh, a priest. He was my priest growing up and um, like he would talk about some of them, but not a lot. Um, and it, I just felt like there wasn't space for me. And I don't necessarily mean that I was being crowded out sometimes, um, but that somehow my being a woman just wasn't interesting, wasn't important, um, wasn't valued. And I'm completely aware that there's a lot of people, as you say, there's lots of interpretations. I'm completely aware that there's lots of people who would say, no, no, of course you're valued. Like, you know, complementarianism means that like women have their particular place. I'm like, well, I was 16. I didn't want to be a wife and a mom. Mm -hmm. You know, I was a smart ass chick. You know, I wanted to read these stories and, and see the power that was behind them. So, I mean, that's the long answer. The short answer to your question is always, always I've been interested uh, in this. Yeah. Um, 
So it's so, not really new to me. What is some of the main yeah. stuff going on? Is it, is, do you think there's an active suppression of the female characters or they mm. just don't get as much attention? Like, how, mm. how, you know, how does this go it's somewhere in between conspiracy and just uh, accidental right, right. overlooking? Yeah, I don't know that it's conspiracy. I, uh, <laughs> side note, uh, I worked in a bookstore when, um, uh, oh shoot, what was that horrible book? The Da Vinci Code. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I worked in the bookstore while that was on the bestseller list, like the whole time. So you can see why I'm getting, I got grumpy about it. Uh, and there was this lovely lady that I worked with, um, and she came in one day and she had read this book, she'd read it and she was just all about it. She came in, she's like, did you know that Constantine invented the patriarchy? And I was like, <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like there's definitely conspiracy level stuff that, that a lot of people have. To me, it's not really conspiracy. It's like, I get why certain stories are the ones we think of, right? If you say, all right, what are the big stories in scripture? You're going to think of Abraham, right? You're going to think of Isaac. You're going to think of Jacob and Joseph. You're going to think of Jonah and blah, 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 right? These are great stories. There's nothing wrong with these stories. They're amazing. The problem is that the Abraham story is just as much about Sarah as it is about Abraham. Oh, smack. I totally agree. It's totally agree. Right. Now, Jonah doesn't really have any ladies in his story. That's fair. Um, Like, I'm not trying to, like, read between the lines so far that I force people into things. Mm -hmm. But it's like, we have really good stories about women that we just don't read. I, I come from a liturgical church, right? So we have a three-year... You're a pastor sort of or a priest. Rotation. Is that right? I am. Yeah, I'm an Episcopal priest. Mm-hmm. Um, I work for a Lutheran campus ministry now. I've been ordained for 14 years. And these well, two denominations, among others, have these have this like three-year cycle of reading. So theoretically, if you go to church every Sunday, it's not quite right, but if you go to church every Sunday, you get most of the Bible read to you, mm-hmm. right? And in that lectionary there are a number of women's stories who are not read. Mm-hmm. You get zero song of songs. Dinah, the story of Dinah is not read. Ruth is not read in its entirety, which is really weird because it's very short. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. There's not a lot of Esther. I mean, there's all this stuff that just isn't there, right? So not necessarily out of malice, just maybe benign neglect. Mm-hmm. These stories aren't read. And I would say for sure, I mean, the history of the patriarchy is is that men's stories are bigger, are more important or are seen that way. Right. Mm-hmm. What's funny too, is I, I like one thing that you always hear about women in the Bible is, well, you know, the resurrection has got to be true because they would never make up a story and, and talk about women being on the scene. Like, oh, right. like, like, Oh my, my goodness, my stars and goddess. How right. could that have been there? That, yeah. And that's one of the biggest things people bring up about women in the Bible. Now, do you think that they're like, would you also say that how the Bible was written and some of the authors were also part of the problem? I'll, I'll throw an example out there. When David says about uh, what he did with Bathsheba's husband and, and all that, he says I've uh, something along the lines of, I've sinned against God and God alone. Like, can we, can we acknowledge that wait a second, David, you actually sinned against a lot of people, you know, like, <laughs> like there's some responsibility here to talk to some people and say, you're sorry. I mean, it, it, is that, is that part of the problem as well? Like just, just how the Bible was written? Is your oh, question sure. to Alice yeah, yeah, is, yeah. I mean, is the well, Bible ahead. written wrong? Is that what we're, what we're asking? 
Uh, you're not going to trap me in that one. I would not say that I was written wrong. All right, pardon the interruption. And I know we're talking about women's stuff, but I have a product here, a sponsor of ours, that is a new wellness brand for men. So let me tell you a little bit of a problem, or some people see this as a problem. 66% of men lose their hair by age 35. I'm fortunate to have the hair that I do. My dad lost his when he was about 18 years old. And back then, there was nothing you could do about it. But today, with science and with all the progress we've made, being bald is more of an optional thing. Like, it's okay if you want to be bald. Joey on this podcast is very bald, and I think he looks good, and that's a fine choice. But think about it. Today, if you don't want to be bald, you don't have to. Just think about a year from now. Do you want it to be business as usual up there? You want to keep things going, or do you want to, you know, whatever you choose is all right, of course, but think about it. Would you like to have hair, or would you like to be bald? Well, don't be embarrassed. Hems is here to help you. Hems connects you with real doctors and medical grade solutions to treat hair loss. They're well known generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions that help you keep your hair. And this is not snake oil pills or stuff you buy at the truck stop. This is prescription solutions all the way around. So there's no waiting room. This company's very neat. They've really updated the process. The website is amazing. It's not awkward. It really isn't. There's no waiting room, no awkward doctor visits. You'll save time doing all that stuff just by going to forhims.com anyway. You answer a few quick questions. The doctor will review and prescribe stuff right to you. Products are shipped directly to your door. So right now, our listeners can get a trial month of Hems for just $5 today. Right now, while supplies last, see website for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or pharmacy instead of going to For Hems. So Go to forhims.com slash bad Christian. That's F O R H I M S dot com slash bad Christian. Forhims slash bad Christian. I will say that, as, as you were saying right there at the beginning, that kind of the way we read scripture, the way we interpret it, yeah. is absolutely a huge question. And, and some people say, no, no, like it's, it's literal. I'm like, well, no, that, that is also an interpretation. And, and right. folks who want to read literally don't want to hear that that's an interpretation. But at its, at its base, an interpretation is a choice, right? If I'm choosing to read this literally, which is, by the way, a very recent choice by some in the church. That's only with the fundamentals, really. Yeah. So 150, 200 years old. So this idea of how we read scripture, I think, is really important, right? And this is going to be fairly simple, but as I look at scripture... I see a whole bunch of deeply faithful people who also have doubt, as we all do, who have had some sort of experience of the divine that is overwhelming to them, right? It may be like very present to them, right in front of them. I saw Jesus kind of thing, right? Or it may be, I had this nebulous experience like the prophets, right? Look at Ezekiel's Godmobile or whatever. Um, And they're trying to articulate it. They're trying to say like, how do I, I saw this, I heard this, this thing happened and I don't have the words for it. Right. Or I have some words for it. This is how I see it. Right. And slowly over time as a community, we develop better language for things. We see things a little bit differently. I'm sure you've read, or at least I've heard of, you know, Rob Bell's new book about the Bible, which he talks about the turning the jewel, turning the gem or whatever. And he also talks about how, yeah, I mean, this is a progression. You, one of the ways we can look at scripture is to see it as a progression of different interpretations. Early on, it's like, you know, this is the God of the thunder. This is the God of the rain. 
and then it becomes more nuanced, more complex, right? Mm -hmm. Such that it totally makes sense that we have a different understanding of women later in scripture than we did. And even now than we had in scripture, right? So like, that's, that's where I come from. Yeah. And then, and, and it's revelation. Yeah. And it's not just, it's not just women. I mean, we have to also admit that there was way more acceptance of slavery. And I, and I get that, I get that biblical slavery and, and a lot of the stuff that they're talking about in the Bible, you know, doesn't look like American history and stuff. Sometimes it was worse, but sometimes it was not even talking about that. But still, that's something that the church progressed into. And, you know, what you said about experience, like, I find it so crazy that we are taught really to steer away from experience or, or, or maybe not put too much value on it. And then the guy that wrote most of the books in the New Testament had an experience that changed his whole life and we're asked to model our lives after him. And if he didn't have an experience, he'd still be killing Christians. Well, and and not even Paul. Like, I mean, where the hell do we get any of this stuff? Right. right? Like right. if somebody experienced something mm-hmm. and, and that doesn't therefore translate to every single experience you have is 100% objective. It's just our experience. And honestly, that's, that's something that feminist biblical interpretation brings is to say, our experience means something. Hmm. Okay, I got a couple of questions here that that I want to get at that's already come up here. One is that uh, notion of did the the people in the Bible... Okay, how about this? (laughs) The patriarchal society in which the Bible was written was organized in in that patriarchal way where it was just trapped through men and men are property owners, stuff like that. Um, So that is one issue, but then very separate, or it seems very separate to me, is today the culture that we have and how we look at, treat women, think of them, you know, like mm. is there, there's a difference in what, how the text represented stuff that we're missing in today's culture versus trying mm. to judge whatever culture that was. I think those are separate issues. Do you? Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, I guess I, I'm, I'm doing a lot of conversation with, with students and folks now about the question of gender and kind of, I don't know if you want to go in this direction or not, but sort of how gender is culturally defined. And, and obviously that goes into some questions about trans identities, but, but even separating that, just talking about like how men and women interact with each other and how we perceive each other as powerful or not powerful, masculine or feminine, all those kinds of things, right? That is all so culturally defined. Mm-hmm. What makes someone a woman in one culture is different than what makes a woman in a different culture, right? I'm not sure that's exactly what you're asking, but um, uh, I don't know. N- n- it's not. <laughs> it's not. Um, Re-ask just, your question. I- I'm saying that the you know there's the one issue of what did the what does the for instance, and I, I actually got yeah. some. We got some questions from some female listeners here, so some stuff okay. that I'm going to ask you about, I got from other people anyway. But for example, are there yes. examples of feminism in the Bible? Are there? Oh, okay. Um, well, or has it uh, been omitted, would, or is didn't apply? I mean, you know, I'm trying to figure. Right. Out I have it. two. I have two answers to that. Yes and no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, because feminism as a term and as a as sort of the way we think of it now is fairly recent, right? You've mm-hmm. got first wave feminism in the the mid 1800s as as women develop the desire for the right to vote and and uh, temperance movement. That's first wave feminism. Mm-hmm. You get second wave feminism mid 20th century. We're really in third, maybe depending on who you talk to, fourth wave feminism now. But the point is that that sort of movement is fairly recent. The way we understand that word now mm-hmm. in all of its complexity, sure, is a recent thing, right? Sure. 
but yes, in the sense that, um, I mean, that's in a lot of ways, that's sort of the point of my book is that there are so many of these women who are equal to the men who are on par in these stories, both in terms of like just sort of the literary narrative needs and, and also in terms of the story as, as, as whole complete people. And you would, and, and real quick, you would even say that that was the author's intent. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I, it's very much, obviously very much colored by patriarchy and, yeah. and, and if, if, and, and if any of the listeners like feel like, Oh, patriarchy gets thrown around as a bad word. Like I do kind of feel like it's a bad word, but just generally like the sense of like men being in charge of things and writing mm-hmm. the stories, right. Yeah. However, however you want to call that. Yeah. There is definitely a lot of the women's stories. There are definitely a lot of women's stories who are overshadowed by that for sure. And also there are lots of stories that we just, don't read, we forget about or whatever, where the women are, I mean, Deborah is a judge, the likes, she's like Samson, right? She's like those guys. She is fierce as hell to the point that the general of the army comes to her. She, she calls him to her and she says, the Lord says, you need to go after these guys. And he says, I need you to go with me. Like literally that's in the text. I'm not making this up. It's there. Yeah, and kid and kids never read little Bible stories on Deborah. Oh no, which is really too bad because she's amazing. And like right. JL with the tent peg, I mean, like kids would love that. Right. Yeah, yo, the tent peg one, I love. It drove she drove a tent peg through the guy's temple, right? It's amazing. You love that? I love that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, no, I do. What I don't remember the story. What what the guy did to deserve it, but I'm sure he was a bad guy. Because uh, he's a bad dude. He's, right. He's not. He's not from Israel. I mean, that's what that's what all those stories are about. Is is get rid of the outsiders and, mm-hmm. and lay claim to our land for some, for some more context of this conversation too. And, and it's probably a really obvious answer, but like if people disregard what you have to say, what's worst case scenario moving forward in the future when it comes to women, how little girls are raised in the church and, and that sort of thing. What's the worst case scenario if people don't listen to me? Like, like in other words, if, if people continue to go the same route that that we're going as far as disregarding a lot of the narratives in the Bible like what's like if if someone said what what's what's the point of all this like why does it matter and, and I mean it, well because why like it matters is because it'd be more of the same I mean me too we're talking about how this is part of the zeitgeist like I mean me too came after the 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 hashtag stuff came after my book came out but like you know, all of this is of a piece where we're looking at the world and saying like, yeah, it, none of this is new. Yeah. This has been happening to women and certainly to other people as well, but I'm, we're specifically talking about women here. This has been happening for centuries. Mm-hmm. This is, this is not a new thing. Yeah. There's a and, lot of experience. what we're doing is standing up and saying, Hey, do you see this? Right. Can, can you like, let's not, let's not sweep this under the rug. Let's not make this invisible. I mean, that's, that's kind of the point of the Asherah chapter is to say, there's lots of things that we have erased and it's not just about women. It's about all kinds of, of people. Yeah. That and was the one in the criticism. tells us something important. Is that, that's the one in, in the critical article. People are saying that you have, you're saying that Asherah is like a female version of God that we yep. erased. Yep. Tell us more about that. It's not just me. <laughs> and Asher was a, a an older black woman, right? <laughs> of course, absolutely. She was definitely a lesbian as well. Um, what else? Um, I'm sure she would have voted for Obama. Um, yeah, no. Um, so pretty much every culture 
that that we know about their origins uh, of, of their religious um, worship typically have both a male and female god at the beginning, or a god that contains both somehow, right? Like this, this, and and if you think about it, that makes complete sense, right? As we're coming to into this understanding of there's something beyond us, and we personify it somehow. We look at men and women and go, check it out. <laughs> Here we are. What seems to be a binary. Um, so clearly like these things get reflected in our understanding of the divine, which is beyond all that. But anyway, within scripture, there are multiple places, um, particularly in sort of the conquest of Canaan, where you've got the, the writer saying, God says, go and destroy the high places, go and destroy the Asherahs, literally using that word, uh, or the poles or, or mm-hmm. things like that. There's all these, these references to the, the cultic worship of this particular goddess. And I think where, I think where a lot of people get grumpy about it is, uh, well, no, we never, we, we, the Judeo Christian tradition never worshiped her. She was never part of this whole, this whole thing, except that she kind of was our scripture picks up at the point where we were kind of moving away from that. Right. So, so we don't have the whole story is the problem. And I, and I totally understand, like, I get that, that people will read that chapter and go, well, this is a little hogwash. She's making all this stuff up. I'm not making it up. There is some archeological evidence of in that region, in Judaic, uh, what do I want to say, dwellings mm-hmm. um, of the worship of Asherah. She has many names, um, Astarte, all this kind of this sort of feminine goddess, right? She's there. We did a pretty good job of erasing her from our scripture. And as I say at the end of that chapter, I'm not trying to bring her back. I'm not saying that we have to have her, I mean, <laughs> From what we understand, they sacrifice babies to her. Like, I'm not into this. <laughs> but, it's, it, but it's this question of, like, what have we lost when we erase something from our history, mm-hmm. right? And, and it's, again, I'm not saying I want to I worship her again. I'm saying when we look back at our history, whether it's religious or not, and we say, oh, this didn't happen. If we, if we look back as Christians and say, oh, the Crusades didn't actually happen. That's, that's not real. Mm-hmm. That's A, not true, <laughs> And B, take something away from how we understand ourselves as a people. Mm-hmm. Not that we want the Crusades to have happened, but it's part of who we are. We have to remember that and but, that we repent from that. But maybe right? that's confusing to people because it sounds like you're saying if we would, you know, we, we should be polytheistic or something. It's like if it wasn't a real God and there is a God and that's not him, then we've, we've, <laughs> well, we're ignoring her or either we're polytheistic deep down. I think it must push some button with people there. Sure. And I'm sure it does. I mean, honestly, if you're a Christian and you call yourself a Trinitarian Christian and you don't struggle with the question of polytheism, I'm not sure what's going on because like literally as Trinitarian Christians, I'm not saying that we are polytheistic. I'm just saying that the concept of the Trinity is not easy. <laughs> right. See also any preacher who's ever preached on the Trinity. I mean, it's, it is not a simple concept, right? right. And I, I mean, I, I com- so I guess my point is I, I completely get why that would be confusing and strange and even off-putting. I, I am not interested in making it easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, fair enough. And I'm also not interested in people agreeing with me. <laughs> I like um, that too. I, I, I really don't care. I'm much more interested in whether it's something I've written or not, people reading it or seeing it and having the experience of, of thinking, Oh, 
huh, I haven't thought of it that way before. Yeah. Not, I agree with it. I take this all within myself and everything about me changes. Maybe that's fine. But just being able to say, huh, that's something different mm-hmm. that I'm really paying attention to. Joey, let that's, me, let that's me, worthwhile. Let me see, well, which Joey. Hold on, which I'll point out that that is the nature of the Bible is a lot of people disagreeing. Mm-hmm. I mean, all, all through Scripture, like it's not it's not like this Constitution directional handbook. Like, so it would make sense that we should still be disagreeing on some stuff and talking some stuff through and uh, approaching Scripture from those lenses. All right, Matt. Yeah, I mean, I was... we literally got that in the in the story of the Tower of Babel. I mean, the, the, all the humans wanted to go and do this one big beautiful thing, and God's like, no, I don't think so, right. and like confused us. Like from almost the beginning, we've got this conflict. Right. Um, and then you have Proverbs that basically says, with God's wisdom, everything's going to be okay. And then you have Ecclesiastes where he's saying things are not going to be okay. I don't even know if there's an afterlife. <laughs> right, right, right. And and then you've got Paul saying that beautiful passage about the parts of the body, right? That, that you know, the eye can't say to the foot because you're not an eye. I have no need of you. Right. Right. All of those parts, like all of those parts are needed for the full functioning of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's, it was illuminating for me, Joey, like you asked before, like what, what is there to lose by continuing Why'd you say on? my name like that? Joey, you say it like that? I'm trying to get you to pay attention to me, so I'll use your name. Um, pay I, attention, son. Yeah. I, I, as you asked earlier, what are some of the dangers in continuing on the path we're on and not kind of getting this straight? And a couple of the questions that, that some listeners sent in to me were, were a little bit illuminating. I'll share them here. But uh, mm-hmm. one of the ladies said, deep down, part of her still believes that since Eve sinned first, and is always taught this way, that as a result, mm-hmm. God is punishing her and other women mm-hmm. in a way that men are not being punished. As in, men have their own mm-hmm. challenges, of course, but often feels like women have much more stacked against them. And I know there's alternative explanations for that in the Genesis story, but it's hard to shake those feelings of shame, like I was mm-hmm. destined to bear a larger portion of God's anger yeah. simply for being born female. Is that something that you've heard before? Or people think that way. It's not something that would occur um, to me naturally, but when I hear a, a woman say that, I go, "Ah, I guess I can see why yeah. how that might be." Yeah, I mean, I, I have heard that before, and it makes me really sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I want to be quick to say, not in a pitying sort of way, just sort of a like, "Oh gosh, like, oh honey, I wish that were not the case. Yeah. Um, I wish I could take that away." Because and she's pretty that, aware that of it is... that it's not logical, but still, she's still, you know what I mean. When you yeah, get that told yeah. to you, no, when you're for totally by culture that. implicitly, I and mean. That's, Again, that's that's another part of, of Me Too and various so that's it's a lot that has to do with uh sort of some of the origins of, of feminism is is looking at for those of us who are, are women of faith, looking at the faith that we love and that we have been brought up in and and saying, Why are you treating me this way? I either pushing back and saying, Why are you treating me this way? or or absorbing that sense of there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Um, there is something wrong with us in that we are human beings who are sinful, but no one person any more than anybody else. That's just the human condition, right? What, what's interesting about that, and I'm, and I'm totally aware that this is not logical, right? It's just interesting that in the story, Eve is the one to take the fruit first. But when Paul talks about it, when he gets sort of obsessed with Adam's sin, you notice it's Adam's sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Like she didn't even get credit for being the first one. <laughs> Still <laughs> his responsibility. Yeah. That, yeah right. Sure. And it's like, it's another one of those have our cake and eat it too kind of thing. Like, you know, woman is sinned first, but she, but actually it's Adam's fault. Like it's, it's so weird. And I don't. When you approach it, like uh, along these lines, when you approach uh, God's word, would you take men being a reflection of God's glory and women being a reflection of men's glory as, oh, as, <laughs> as the author missed that one. Yeah, I would. Also, I'm pretty sure that's not Paul. Um, right. Oh yeah. 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 No, no, no. I, I mean, that's, I wasn't saying Paul, but well, no, but I mean, there, there's a lot of the stuff in the, the new Testament that talks about sort of men's and women's roles is, is from books that most scholars are in agreement that Paul didn't write. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you do with that information? That's part of the interpretation, right? Like, it's yeah. still in the Bible. It's still scripture. What does that mean? You know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I got another. I, that whole reflected glory of the men, like, that's that's a load of crap. Yeah. And, and, and I, I mean, it goes back to what I said early on, is it really is a matter of how do people approach God's word? And, I, and I'm totally fine with like an understanding of a, a fundamentalist that says, I, I think we're supposed to approach God's word how I've always been, as long as they are able to love. But what I what I think the problem is is when they point to someone like you or even myself and say, "You're not one of us because you're not approaching the word how I approach." Oh, I it. do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That that's right. the problem. That's and and I and I would say that those of us on the progressive side are just as guilty of that, right? Like the it's it's a I work on a college campus and and it's definitely an issue that a lot of folks who are on the more conservative side feel as though they aren't being listened to. Um, side note, my father and I used to argue a lot and, and and I would say, No, you don't understand. He's like, No, no, I understand. I just disagree with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. just, be, just because I might not agree with somebody on the campus doesn't mean that I'm not listening to them. But yeah. it is true that we progressives, one of our major sins is we are accepting of everybody unless you are not accepting of everybody and then you're out. Right. Kind right. of thing. Yeah, and that, that is something we really have to struggle with. So what, what do you think about Mary Magdalene? Like, do you think that she is, is she handled well or it, and if not, where By would who? you, well, just, just scripture, like the scripture, well, scripture give and credit, our modern interpretations of it both in both. Yeah. Well, we certainly don't interpret her very well. See also 2000 years of calling her a harlot. <laughs> so she's not a prostitute. No, 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 Matt. I'm just asking. Made up. Okay. That's what <laughs> no. I'm asking. No, I mean, and, and- and what the, was the, the problem? Is that they're like fifteen up? Marys. I mean, <laughs> so you get confused <laughs> by who's who, right? No, the, the the woman of ill repute who you know washes Jesus' feet is is often uh, is is the the one who's unnamed, right? That story happens a couple times. One of them is Mary of Bethany. The other one is unnamed. Why do we assume that the unnamed one is Mary Magdalene and not Mary of Bethany? <laughs> I am yeah. very much not the first person to write about this line. <laughs> this has yeah. got lots of ink spilled about it. But um, Mary Magdalene, uh, what we know about her is that she's the one from whom seven demons went out. So he exercised her somehow, whatever that means. Uh, and we know that she and several other women were financially supporting Jesus and his disciples. They were kind of patrons. And we know that she was at the resurrection every time. That every time she's at the one resurrection, she's at the, she's at the resurrection all four times that we have it listed. Right. 
Um, which is a big deal because a lot which of is a huge deal. Yeah. Right. Um, so, I mean, I think scripture treats are fine. She probably could have had more lines. I imagine that given what that limited amount of stuff that we know about her, that she was probably pretty involved and was around a lot. And I bet had some really interesting conversations, but we don't have all the conversations. I mm-hmm. wish there were more with her, but yeah. it's what it is. Yeah. The, the history of interpretation of her is a little problematic and it's, I mean, there's, there's the beauty of the idea of, you know, someone who is, is quote unquote, an unrepentant sinner as though every sex worker is an unrepentant sinner and did it on purpose, whatever. That's a whole other conversation. Repentant sinner, sinner who meets Jesus and, and is, is overcome and transformed by that. That's a beautiful story, right? I don't want to take anything away from that, except that that's not who she was. That was calling her a harlot was what? A, was it before the Middle Ages? I don't even remember now. It was a fairly early on reinterpretation mm-hmm. because we couldn't have this woman be around our Lord and Savior yes. in this kind of powerful role. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, the, the, um, the sexual thing is, is weird all the way around. We got another question um, from somebody that said mm. that they were really—and this I've heard a million times or variations of it, but I was raised to believe that it was my responsibility to keep guys from lusting after me. And whatever reason that led me this, you know, in a number of ways, it was like you, you got to be more feminine, you got to be more humble, you got to remember that guys are in charge, and but you have to help yeah. them, and the, you know that that everything that it's all up to you, and it's your responsibility, right. but on behalf of 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 yeah. the of the guys, how do you? You know deal what's with really interesting about this is so my faith tradition or my my denomination does not teach that. Um, and I, I've been on several podcasts now where, where similar questions are being asked and, and I really want to speak to it. And I also, I, I almost sort of feel a little bit like a, like an imposter speaking to it because it's just not, I literally never grew up with that. Mm-hmm. Nobody in my church was telling me that my father certainly didn't preach that way. And, and, and even like I've, I've had several, this is a little bit off topic, but I've, I've had a lot of people say like, Oh my gosh, so you're a priest. Like you're a lady priest. Like, how's that work? I'm like, we have, my denomination has been ordaining women for 40 years. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I grew up in a world that was like, of course I can be a priest. Yeah. Like, there, there was no like, gosh, this is crazy. Right. So I, I say that to say like, what, what I want women to hear me say here to hear from my experience. And again, this is, you know, you don't have to agree with me. If you are happy where you are, you do, you do your thing. But what I want to say is you are a person in your own right. You dress and you act and you do the things that you care about for you and your community because you're a person, not because you are a potential wife, potential mother, or sex object, right? Those all objectify you. Literally all that stuff about being a good wife and mother. I'm a wife and mother. I need to be better at those things, 100%. But if that's all I am, you've just made me into an object again, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's the Madonna whore thing. Yep. They're both objects. Yep. They're not people. No and doubt in Genesis, that. in our creation story, God made human beings and looked at them and said, indeed, they are very good. Yeah, I think that's a not good distinction. Not just he's very good. They're very good. That, that that rings true to me to think about it in that way. And this is like a, a litmus test of the, the, the other way around. It's easy yeah. for guys to say, but I'm, I didn't do that. I didn't put that on. I didn't say that. I'm not that. But if yeah. you can identify with the Madonna prostitute or Madonna whore uh, 
syndrome, which if you don't know what that is, it's just saying you look at women as either these really nice, motherly, pure things, and you could say this better than me, where they're just these, you know, pure objects or they're these dirty objects. That's a girl I just mm-hmm. want to have sex with. And you want both of them. That's the, yes, that's the but whole the, just the fact that every guy, that, of course we all resonate with that. Like, right. for sure that makes sense to me. I, I don't, when somebody explains that to me, I don't go, hmm, that's weird. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yes, I, I feel that way. I've felt that way yeah, many times. Right. There are many situations where I'm like, whoa, this is very strong one way or the other, not in the middle. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. sure there's some natural factors there. I'm sure there's some biological factors there. But it would be insane to realize, to admit that that is a, is a common way um, that men experience women and sexuality and not mm. to think that we implicitly or even accidentally have created and, you know, emphasized and reinforced that to some degree. Right. I mean, that, that right. seems obvious. Well, and benefited me. from it. And, yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and, but, you know, of course it's quite complicated and there's a paradox about all this that kind of, I'm a little lost on, see if you can help me with this. And that is <laughs> Christianity, it seems, is Let's see if this makes sense. I might put my foot in my mouth. But it seems that Christianity is largely dominated and attended and supported by women, but it's still mm. a man thing. Like, it, right. you know, there's more women are the ones that take their families to church. The statistics are real big mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. I know so mm-hmm. many men, they're like, whatever y'all want to do, fine. That's for y'all. I mean, I'll go or I won't go. But, yeah, the, you know, yeah. it seems like women are the ones running Christianity. And so, then I get real lost. I'm like, well, why isn't it designed for them? Or why does it do such a disservice for them if they're actually the ones, if I look at it consumeristically? And then, you you know, if you extrapolate that even farther, you wind up in the situation thinking about other religions like, you know, Muslim uh, people where it, it seems like it, all that's voluntary by the women in some regard, but very oppressive also. And that gets to be real confusing to me. Yeah, I think I think one of the issues you're running into there is seeing the faith as monolithic, um, whether it's Christianity or Islam or whatever is it's not right. So like in terms of like hijab or, or similar garments for Muslim women, there are, there are lots of women who absolutely choose that for themselves. And it's a mark of their devotion. There are also lots of women who are being forced into it mm-hmm. and other things like it's, it, it ends up being a sign of oppression. It depends on the culture and the person, right? Similarly, I think in the Christian church, yeah, I mean, I, I I work, I work for a congregation that, I mean, I'm not sure of the demographics. I don't have them in front of me. Probably we have more women involved, but we're a fairly egalitarian congregation mm-hmm. uh, in terms of leadership, in terms of decision making, and that might be kind of recent. I'm not sure because I've been at this church for nine years. I'm not sure what um, what the history behind that is, but um, certainly the Episcopal Church tends to be fairly egalitarian that I come from. So I don't know. But but that's that's weird though in the sense that most uh, you put it this way even in just evangelical leaning side most women don't how do you, how do you deal with the fact that most women don't yeah. agree with you and if pushed or asked directly they go no no this is the the way we do it is the way it should be done and we're yeah. the women yeah. and there's more of us I, than you right yeah, well and I, and I would say you know do your thing. Is that a worse problem than the men? I mean, yeah. Or, or, or well, do you feel compelled to have them become woke and go, but you don't realize how oppressed you are by the patriarchy. Well, Let me I, wake I you up so com- you can fight yeah, back with us. Yeah, I don't feel us. compelled to do that. No. Um, I, I will say there is such a thing called internalized misogyny, mm-hmm. just like we have internalized racism and, and internalized homophobia and all this kind of stuff. So 
just because that exists doesn't mean that every woman who enjoys her complementarian relationship is internally misogynistic. But you right? don't feel pity for a woman who embraces complementarianism. No. Or, no, or, absolutely or not. the need to change her mind or no, anything uh-uh. like that. Okay. No, um, I, I do think that there are a lot of women, and, and I want to be clear, this is not every woman, right? Sure. I do think that there are women who have internalized misogyny and do think that they have to like it, right? And it may be so deeply buried that they don't necessarily see it. Or And, and no so doubt. for those women, whether they're a minority or not, I want to say, I want you to hear me say, you have your own life. You are your own person. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean you have to go divorce your husband and become a lesbian or whatever, right? Like, <laughs> well, that's recommended, but yeah, you don't have right. to. It's not. <laughs> I'm you just do, kidding. You do your thing, right? <laughs> yeah. That Literally, that is all feminism is about, is let me do my thing. That's hilarious. My thing. Don't demand I do what you think I'm supposed to do because mm-hmm. I'm a lady right. or because I'm a dude. Right. Whatever. Yeah. The, it doesn't matter because feminism is for everybody. The point is, let me do my thing, mm-hmm. right? Which is interesting. I have a, I have a, an alum from my campus ministry who, um, he, he would say, I identify as a conservative, which is really cute. Um, he's very, very much more conservative than I am. And we had a conversation recently where I said, you know, it strikes me that your desire for small government and, uh, and, and for states' rights and all this kind of stuff reminds me a lot of feminism. They're both about let me do my mm-hmm. thing. Independent. Don't tell me what to do because mm-hmm. of what you think I'm supposed to do. Liberty-minded. Right? right. So I would say to all those women who are legitimately happy in your complementary relationship and, and, and I, keeping in mind that I come from a different tradition, so I, I can't speak all mm-hmm. the language, right? For you who are happy in that, God, do your thing. It's great. Like if that makes you happy and your husband's happy and your family's happy, God, do the thing. If you're not happy, hopefully yeah. your partner wants to to help make you happy. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it's, you want to it's give worth people the exploring option. what that yeah. is. You want to get, because there's a lot, I mean, I mean, really, I think all that boils down to something I think is very underlooked at, which is essentially Stockholm syndrome. I mean, there's something built into mm-hmm. humans to adapt to whatever your situation. Yeah. Even if sure. you've been capt- captivated by somebody's dr- take right. it, and that the Bible is, is really it. it's helpful. Take the women, it's they a become really helpful yours. Adaptation, you right? Like mm-hmm. I need to be able to, function and survive in all kinds of situations. Totally. Yeah, it's great. But get, there is a choice but here it and it is worth listening to and thinking through and not necessarily yeah. feeling locked down to something. But there's a huge divide in my mind between the real condescending tone of you're part of the problem or you're with us, which you mm-hmm. address very well and I appreciate, versus, well, listen, I know you've always felt this way and the culture you've been is this way, but if there's some real dissonance in your mind, it's safe to explore that. And who yeah. knows how where where you'll move? And certainly, there's more people online and books like yours and other things where you can not be afraid yeah. to explore the alternative yeah. ideas yeah. without oh, thinking think you're trying to convince everybody is... to become lesbian, trans, and divorce their husband and burn their church down. Which is what you know men will say out of right. insecurity and fear. Oh, I, mean, I am sure that the uh, I, I haven't read that negative review. Is it, is it? By the way, is that review that you read? Is it the one that says that I'm poison for women in the church? Something yeah. just that you're an apostate. Yeah. I mean, but that that's, that, that's of, yeah. easy to get to get that I yeah, you don't sound poisonous to me no he's a crank it's fine um i i would say that that exploration is important and it is it's even scriptural yeah. i mean that's it's 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 not just me as a, a flaming liberal in 2018 sure. like our our the history of the church 
and and literally what's in our scripture suggests that we wrestle with it. Right. And I think that's made really clearly in the what I think to be a very bizarre example of the Asherah situation hmm. is to me, I'm with you. Not that I think that there's a female deity that's controlling shit that I've been ignoring. Right. I don't think that is true. I don't think she exists at all. I don't think it's a real thing. <laughs> right, um, right. I, I think there is a God Agreed. that is real, however. Yeah. But I'm not at all afraid to to dig into or explore or or see what what has changed or what we've been missing there or what did some of our ancestors really believe. You know, that's all. That's all. You know, that's all on the table for me. I, I'm not afraid to explore it, and I think I take that yeah. mostly um, from your book and your work, which yeah. we appreciate. I'll tell people how to get it uh, one more time. It's called right. Fierce, is the name of it, right? And yep. it's uh, let's see, you, you, you tell people to get it on Amazon. You can get it anywhere. Yeah. Okay. So it's Alice Connor, and the book is called Fierce, and it's got a bunch of more stuff in there about women in the Bible and how we treat it. I know you got to run. Thank you for your time today, Alice. We've enjoyed yeah, talking to you. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you guys. I'll follow up with you on email, but thank you guys for having me so much. You got it. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. I didn't get to a lot of questions, so we're going to have to have you back sometime. Yep. That's fine. I'd be happy to. Maybe we can get my uh, stupid technology to work better next time. <laughs> no problem. We did great today. Thanks, Alice. Yeah, thank you. Take care, guys. Bye. All right. Damn, you guys did a hell of a job on that interview. Yeah, well, we don't really need you. Yeah, you don't. Podcast. I, I've always said uh, I'm terrible at interviewing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I. The problem is I don't know if I like it or enjoy it or uh, anything about it. I like listening. I love listening. So often, if you listen to the podcast, it's funny. I mean, you, what's you, crazy you is I, I, if you listen, I don't talk much. I talk a lot before and a lot after. But during the interviews, y'all, and it's hard to get in a question and everybody's talking over each other, and we're adding a fourth person or fifth person to yeah. our to an interview. I'm just like, ah, who cares? If I make sure to ask about, you know. One of Rebecca my from the Bible. one of my yeah one of my favorite parts of 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 society's progress and just even if you want to say Christianity's progression and being progressive is people paying more attention to smart women like that like that is a huge win. Think about history. The hi, I mean the long history of smart women that we didn't benefit from because we oh, just don't totally. we just don't listen. I mean, it's just unbelievable how much we missed out on. I'm oh, trying to. It sounds like I'm trying to sound like a hero, well, but I really do. Uh, that. Well, yeah, maybe you you could expand that to all minorities. We the world yeah. has really been set back by by uh, skin color mm -hmm. and gender and sex uh, playing a part in who you listen to or yeah. respect or care about or allow to uh, get their thoughts and ideas out there. Isn't that crazy? Like the world has been held back because of that. Hopefully we're at a time where maybe people are realizing that it's not only hey, don't be a racist It's Holy shit. We've been racist and missed out on some amazing brains. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, it really is true. So anyway, you know who are some amazing brains, the BC clubbers. Yeah. Those BC clubbers have even amazing. The, brains. Even the if, women. Oh my God. The women more than the men, even the, men the minorities. Oh my God! They're it's phenomenal. This especially, is probably, I think at any club we have the smartest club on earth. There's I had all the women, I had all the women muted. On More them. than Mensa. I didn't know. <laughs> Matt had all the women <laughs> muted. I didn't know. Oh Lord, Matt. <laughs> I didn't know. I'm going to unmute. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, now received. you've learned. Yeah, yeah, you got it now. All right. Well, let, let's let's see. Out of the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten new BC club names, one. Two, three, four, 
Whoa. Oh, four of them. I was hoping so that close. it would be 50 50. Four, four of them are women. That's I'll tell I just man. made up a name. Yeah, we should have. Well, oh, anyway, I got, I got a new request from Sheila Menendez just now. <laughs> <laughs> so we just, now it's five of 11. All right. So Sheila Menendez and <laughs> <laughs> Betsy Cook, Sheena Bean, Eric Harris, Joshua Whippy, Whip, Whippage. I feel so bad because I know this guy, <laughs> and he's probably told me a hundred times Whippage? of how. Is that his name? Well, it's W. It's W Y P I J. Uh, Whip, Whippy Whippage. <laughs> Whippy. Sorry, Joshua. Uh, J C J. J C J. Melissa Johnson. Josh Friday. Ethan Thomas. Lucas Taylor and Logan Wood joined mm. the BC Club. Praise Toby you, Lord. What did they join? They joined a club like no other. Basically, we are changing the world from the inside out. Through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we will make others join our club before they're good. So when you join the BC Club, basically, uh, you're (laughs) you're indoctrinated into a group that you are never allowed to leave. Anyone that isn't in the BC Club anymore... Let's just say they don't exist. Yeah, but let's yeah, look. I don't, I, 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 no one's ever left successfully. Yeah. Not yeah, successfully, you you, but... We let, leave you, you don't leave us. But let's look on the bright side of things. We actually have um, a Facebook page where you can go on there and successfully cheat on your spouse. Uh, we Tol- have... Well, no, we, not really. That's not... No. Now, now, I don't normally Joey. like the word <laughs> cult, but... Yeah, I don't normally. Normally... <laughs> Normally, word, I don't like that yeah. word, but there's an exception to every rule. <laughs> but you get, you know, you get stuff. You get to hang out with people. You get to challenge our ideas. We're on there all the time, hanging out, talking. We do an extra whole episode for the clubbers that nobody else gets to hear. Just those BC clubbers, and so it's a lot of fun. And honestly, it's a it's a neat place to go and grow in your faith here just really here's some grow. here's some things that maybe you don't normally get to hear or talk about in your uh setting at your home so i i highly recommend it it is one of the greatest clubs in the world but if you don't care about your spiritual journey yeah or you don't care or yeah. your spiritual margin then don't right. join the bc club yeah like i always say if you don't join the bc club eat shit i hope i never meet you in person and don't ever come to an emory show or anything <laughs> and if you, you don't join the bc and club and you wish against that's what i always say i got that tattoo and you wish against universalism and annihilationism you want eternal conscious torment for any bastards 100% that... for non for non clubbers are you serious but you don't even yeah. know a lot of these people i know kiss my ass what i say <laughs> <laughs> Do you think there are people like that are that grizzled and mean and hateful and evil that they do wish somebody would burn forever? Oh, like, gosh, is that, I mean, yeah. if somebody, I mean, I, like even somebody, like for example, somebody hurt your daughter or something. Do you think you could go that far? Like it never ended torment. I don't think they so. hurt. I don't think so. I don't, but I, I've never. Yeah, I don't lost know if I could go. I mean, that just sounds just so awful. I'm one of those guys. I don't know why. This is so weird. I. <laughs> This is awful. I, like y- y'all know, my my empathy is kind of rampant and terrible. When I see the like uh, news or judge shows and they show the sentencing, even for a terrible person, yeah, I, I feel a little bad for them. Okay. Like when I know they when they got life and they're never getting out of jail, and I'm like, why did they make this choice? It's so bad. It's so awful. Now they're just going to be in jail. And I'm like, I hate that I feel that way. I hate that I feel that way. But yeah, I I mean, I can't ever fathom eternal. Fire. 
like forever. <laughs> like it just, I mean, imagine what, you know, today's Monday. Imagine one million Mondays from now is still the same fire. Like it's not. I mean, do you get at least maybe you get used to it? Like, ah, shit. Here we go. Here's the worms in the fire again. Like, I mean, maybe. Like, is it always agony? Like, even if there is eternal torment, you can't get used to the torment. Even like even that, you're like, well, just it still hurts that bad. (laughs) Let's let's at least get every listener on the same page. Christian, evangelical, everyone, uh, atheist. Let's everybody get on the same page and at least admit that the brains that God made or we have evolved to have, for sure we're on the same page that that is really jacked up for God to let that happen. <laughs> I mean, think yeah, about it. Like, it, forever it, 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 maybe and ever his prerogative ever. or whatever, but yeah, I, I mean, if he's God and that's what he wants to do, okay, but yeah, I mean, I can't understand that. The worst person ever. I can't imagine not being satisfied after a million years of and what and, and what's crazy. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, seriously, nope. A million years is not enough. What a billion years, a trillion years, and what's not being satisfied? And that, I, that, that they just said, I that all they did was say, I don't know if I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't because of all the babies they killed or no, genocide. No, 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 not it at was, all. It was just nothing. I'm not so sure about that. I can't quite go there. <laughs> Forever. Because you're supposed to worship Jesus, and they went, pass. <laughs> I mean, it sounds or, cool. Or, 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 I'm, not, I'm not quite sure yet. Or I, I try to believe. I just I just really can't understand it. It doesn't make it's a cutting. whole lot of sense. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. There's a... 